Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Hey friends, and welcome back to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Julie Bender. And I'm Darlene Brock. Today we're going to talk about something that we probably all think about a lot, whether we realize we're thinking about it, and that's finding happiness. Oh, and Julie, I'm not that crazy about that word, happy. What? I'm really not. That's weird. What do you even mean? Um, that's just it. How do you define happiness? And oh, I thought you like didn't like the way it sounded or something. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? Okay. Yeah. No, how do you define it? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you quantify it? What does it mean to you? It mm-hmm. just kind of drives me crazy. Well, I mean, we can do what I like to do, and that's look it up in the dictionary, which I made you do, which is your hobby. According to dictionary.com, happy is delighted, pleased, or glad as over a particular thing. It's also characterized by or indicative of pleasure, contentment, or joy. What's so wrong with that? Because here's the problem I have is it's all about me. It's all about am I joyful? Am I content? Am I deriving pleasure out of life and I'm not sure that successful life is balanced that way how happiness is all about me okay well let's take it back a second what makes you happy well since I don't like the word (laughs) what makes me content is probably where I would go better um is actually spending time in the woods walking by a creek getting away from all of the attacks of the noise, the world, the craziness that's out there. What makes you happy? Um, ice cream <laughs> and Donnie and, um, I mean, I've started liking walking a little bit more too, but you're right. I mean, everyone has different things that bring them contentment or joy. Should we just change this whole thing and use those words instead no. so you'll be happier with it? <laughs> no, we But I understand shouldn't. what you're saying, that for some, they can maybe struggle with, should they even be looking for happiness? It's almost like it's gotten a bad rap. Um, on recent episodes of This Grit and Grace Life, some of our guests have been telling us about things that they've been doing to pursue more happiness in their life. Remember when Katie Crest joined Joined us. She talked about her summer of reconnecting with all of her good friends in person. And then we had um, Christy Wright. She came and helped us understand how to cut things out of our life to prioritize, to prioritize our life better so that ultimately we would find more contentment and happiness. Well, and I think, Julie, my struggle comes from the way that society often defines happiness. And it's like, do what's best for you or... Uh, do what you want and cut ties who, with people who tell you that's not a good idea. It's mm-hmm. so much about just living in your own world. And I think that's neglecting a lot of the needs of others. Culture's way right now certainly is it's all about you. Do whatever you want to do, you know, regardless of how it affects other people. And so we really wanted to kind of talk about that today. How can we find happiness without neglecting the needs of others. Because certainly here at Grit and Grace, we do believe that it's important to you know, invest in the people that we love and the callings that we have. 
but we also don't want you to lose yourself while doing those things. And so we're going to try to unpack how we can do that, especially since we're going into that time of the year where it seems like there's a million opportunities to do for others and to give and to serve and to be busy. And we can find joy in those things, but we want to really unpack how can we how can we have it all basically um, pursue a healthy version of happiness without losing the other things in our lives that are outside of ourselves? Well, and I think there are three main areas that we have to address to find the good compromise in our happiness versus the needs of others. And the first one is in a relationship. If you have a husband or a boyfriend or a partner in life, then Sometimes you have to compromise in that, um, but that's only if it's healthy. If it is an unhealthy re- relationship, then compromise can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Every relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship, which we might be kind of leaning more toward in this conversation, or, you know, relationships with neighbors, kids, you know, jo- our boss. All relationships require compromise, but not everyone is willing to compromise. And that's kind of the, um, you know, the, the hallmark of an unhealthy or even toxic relationship. Well, and I think what we find in those relationships, when we compromise, it's a one-way street. You're not looking for a one-way street relationship in any of those, Julie. Mm-hmm. But I think very much so in a relationship with the man that you hope to spend your life with. If it's a one-way street, then you end up losing. You end up losing. You have to have both. I know one thing you have often talked about, and I think you even wrote one of the earliest articles at Grit and Grace about, is that if something is important to your partner, it automatically should become important to you. And, And kind of sliding into that unhealthy relationship, you'll recognize that the focus seems to always be on the other person's important things instead of that meeting in the middle of, you know, we make time to do this or talk about this or leave money for this or, you know, whatever it is. But both partners kind of have those opportunities more equally. Yeah. And I think what you'll find and and my relationship with my husband has been, I always say a thousand years. He's (laughs) like, we really haven't been married that long. Um, But we both had to compromise. There were things that were important to him. And some of them were things like, we didn't have to have gifts at holidays. He didn't have to buy me a birthday present. Do you think that was important to me? No, you know, that was kind of hard at first. But then all of a sudden he decided it was important to me to do that. And so he bought me ridiculously big things like miter saws that were outrageously expensive for me to just trim little things. (laughs) It's just, you know, he he can't go from low, you know, little to big, or he always does, actually. The other thing is, I, you know, I loved Christmas, absolutely still do. And for the first three years, he was like, we don't need a Christmas tree. It's, we don't have money and it's Mm. too much work. And, and finally, I have two Christmas trees. I decorate the whole front yard. (laughs) I blow the power and he goes along with it. And I know you, Julie, recently married, I'm sure you and Donnie have had your own. For sure. I mean, we were talking the other day about he is a drag racer and we were talking about, you know, as long as we've been together, it's kind of been an understanding of that we want to 
create space for him to get back into that sport, which is apparently kind of consuming. Um, and so <laughs> I do know that to be true. I have yeah, a friend yeah. that did it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, we've been married for a year now and together for two and he, um, you know, he's starting to kind of make space and do work on his car to get back into that. And he said something about a hobby and it struck me that he didn't have a hobby. I was like, wait, you don't, you don't have anything that you do for fun. And and just in that moment, I was like, this is why the racing thing is super important. Now, I will say that I've been trying to get him to do it for a long time. And he's been kind of, you know, waiting for when it's appropriate for us as a family, because like we said, it's a little bit consuming. Um, but I'm excited for him to finally be able to have something, you know, because I have a lot of things in my life that bring me joy that would, you know, count as hobbies. And I want there to be a little bit more of a balance in our marriage. Well, and I don't want to say that everything they like, you need to like. Mm-hmm. Because you won't. You Mm -hmm. absolutely won't. Um, Maybe sports they love and you don't. Maybe sports you love and they don't. So sometimes you could go your separate ways. But you have to find your compromises. I think something to remember about compromise in relationship is that in a healthy relationship, compromise will make you better. It'll help you grow. But in an unhealthy relationship, it will actually make you less. You will lose yourself for the sake of the other person gaining their contentment and joy over yours. Well, and I think to find happiness in a relationship, you have to recognize whether yours has those compromises from both sides. Yeah. And ultimately, if they do, you will find happiness in a relationship. If they don't, you need to figure out if it can, or you probably need to go your own way and say, this probably isn't the long-term relationship for me. Ouch. But true. Uh, there's plenty of resources over at Grit and Grace Life. We'll link some in the show notes if you're hearing that and your ears are perking up and you know you need to think a little bit more about that. Okay, a lot of us are moms, so let's talk about how we can find happiness in our own life without neglecting the, without neglecting the seemingly endless <laughs> needs of those little ones that call us mama. Having kids changes your life. That is absolutely true for everyone who's ever gone through it. But here's what I don't want you to lose when it happens. I don't want you to lose your self-respect because you've just become a mom. You have not become a maid. You're not there to do every single thing for that person. They aren't paying you anyway. (laughs) You have become a mom. So don't say I'm worth less and need to be treated any differently than I did before this child came in my life. Yeah. And there's definitely such a fine line between meeting their needs and letting them run your life. And I think all of us struggle with this at some point and some will, you know, dive way into the servitude and others will maybe not even, you know, give enough space and energy to the role of motherhood. And regardless of where you might fall in that, it is important that we learn to meet our children's needs without letting them think that we exist to meet all of their desires or changing, you know, wants of the moment. And that can be really, really hard. It is. And sometimes what you think they don't need, they really do. It may just be attention and they're, Mm -hmm. they're crying out for it. But let me encourage you of this. I always say, 
get in charge and make your parameters when they're littler than you <laughs> because these kids grow up mm-hmm. and if you have not kind of said this is this is the structure we're living under I want to care for you take care of you meet your real needs but you know what I'm still in charge I'm still the one that kind of runs this ship and you know if you can pay the rent and the utilities at two years of age, then maybe you do too. Um, but you need to make sure that you have control before they get bigger than you, because they will. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's really good advice. I think we did a whole episode on um, what what your kids actually need versus kind of this unending feeling of that we always feel drawn to their changing desires. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. All right. One thing they do really need, though, Julie, is they need to be heard from you. They need to be... Every l- single time? No. Okay. No, because... <laughs> Mine talks a lot. I know. You, <laughs> you have one like my first. Mm-hmm. It was like she woke up in the morning and opened her mouth and it closed when she went to bed. This morning, we heard Lincoln like tapping on our bedroom door, which he really doesn't do. Like Donnie has trained him well, but I think he knew because it wasn't a school day. I don't know. He was like just like lightly tapping. So Donnie opened the door and he's like, are you tapping on our door? And he was, you know, lighthearted jokingly about it. And Lincoln's like, but I missed you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> yes. Yeah. And they and he probably did or he was lonely and he needed somebody <sighs> to talk to. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, you don't have to listen to every single word they say, but they have to know that what they say is important to you. So if you ignore every single word they say, then yeah. they have no idea that they matter to you for sure and that in itself is like always a changing understanding as they're growing as you're growing as you you know continue to understand what their needs versus wants are okay another big area of a lot of our lives is our work or our career or our job and so there's going to be different scales for that some people are in a career that they're very passionate about others have a nine to five because it pays the bills, but they don't necessarily think much about it when they leave. And others are stay at home moms and that is their life's work. Oh, good point. And I guess that can kind of wear on you too. But I think when whatever that is starts consuming you, let's say it's a career path that you're taking. Sometimes when you start it, if it is something that requires a long amount of education and residency or clerking or internships, then you have to commit an enormous amount of time and energy to it. Mm -hmm. But once you establish your career, you have to find your balance because it can consume you. I think the question we have to be able to ask ourselves is, are we finding fulfillment through our career or is our career really robbing us from finding fulfillment in the other areas of our life? And this is where it gets hard because a lot of us, we spend the bulk of our time at work. And so we can almost justify it. And and I'm sure some of our friends are listening and thinking about, oh yeah, my husband definitely does this. And they're like wanting to elbow him and he's not going to listen to this. So let's keep the focus back on us. So it's understandable that that can happen. But this is something we want to fight is, you know, we may have a job that really does bring us a lot of joy and purpose, but it cannot suck from us all of the other really fulfilling things that we have in our life. True. And I think finding your balance can be different for everyone. Fortunately for me, when my girls were growing up, we owned our own business. So I had a little bit of latitude 
to do things differently. But at the same time, because we owned our own business, it never stopped. Yeah. It never ended. So at the dining room table, we would be talking and our daughters would say, enough. Mm -hmm. We have heard about the record company enough. We've heard about the artist enough. But the other side to that is I also took them on trips with me. I threw them on a tour bus with me. I took them to the video edit bay and they rollerbladed around the parking lot because it was middle of the night, which Mm -hmm. may not have been brilliant mom (laughs) move, but you know what? They loved it and they're great memories. It is that. It is finding your balance between what you may be passionate about and consumes you in how many hours a day that it consumes you and the rest of your life. I think practically speaking, we need to put a little bit of, you know, example to how this can look. And so for me, I work from home (laughs) and um, I actually have talked a lot about this on my show. I'm struggling with the fact that I work, but I don't make money. So talk about a total mind, (laughs) you know, confusion situation. And then my family comes home and I have to like purposefully be like, the other stuff doesn't matter and they're my priority now. And so it takes some actual discipline of when I'm at work, I'm focusing on the things of work. And for mamas, we get that guilt of, should I even be working or, you know, so-and-so's kids are at home now because school's out and they're doing homework at the kitchen table and on those feelings, they creep in. But if we can focus on this is the time that is allotted that I'm supposed to be working or at work or, you know, education, whatever it is, and putting your all into that. And then you, it's almost like you pick up your other hat when it's time to be with, you know, your loved ones or your time, it's time to be, you know, in your hobbies or whatever it is, giving all of yourself to the various pieces at the time that you're supposed to be doing those things. Well, and I think a lot of people work from home now. A lot of women do. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a really hard balance. So do you go put the roast on in the middle of what you're doing in your business side? Well, I sometimes. mean, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> For sure. Um, but at the same time, you need to compartmentalize Mm -hmm. I know for which can be a strength of ours it can't be a strength Mm -hmm. it can't and no it is Mm -hmm. a strength of ours so even if you have to cover the desk because it's in the corner of your bedroom that you Mm -hmm. work on Mm -hmm. cover the desk and say I'm done with this Mm -hmm. work day so I'm not even going to look at what's there and move to the other room or if you're fortunate enough to have a big enough house make a designated space this is what i this is the door i walk through to go to work mm-hmm. i close the door and i then concentrate on my family or dinner or whatever it is that you have to do that's separate from your workspace I mean, very practically speaking, too, we've had a lot of people make the suggestion. I don't do it yet, but I feel like I'm I'm moving in the direction of when I get home again, you know, I pick up Lincoln, we come home and now it's, you know, home, home, not work home, um, you know, putting my phone off to the side and not looking at it and purposefully you know, separating out my attention does not need to be on, you know, whether it's entertainment on my phone or potential work things on my phone. And just really saying, even if it's just for the two hours before the kids go to bed, I don't touch my phone for this time to really be a connecting time. No, I like that. And even if you get work emails or you're in some communication platform from your work, put it on snooze. Mm -hmm. Just put that particular communication source to sleep. Yeah. It needs to go to sleep. It doesn't need to be awake while you're trying to do and deal with the other things in your life. I mean, the real truth is, is when we allow our work 
to, you know, creep into every single area of our lives, we really start to miss out on, you know, the vitality of our relationships, you know, the quality of our health, the pursuit of our faith, and so many other things. And work is incredibly important. And for a lot of us, you know, we, we feel called to the work that we're doing, but that is certainly not the only place that we need to or get to show up and find contentment. I think for me personally, working through the last few years of my life, you know, there's been some really difficult things, but I'm in a place where I'm just, I'm experiencing so much deep contentment across all of the categories of my life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to really truly appreciate those things if I didn't believe that it all came from God and that I'm meant to honor God with the things that he's given me, whether it be my marriage or my son or, you know, the platforms I get to speak on. None of that matters unless I'm really seeking to see God in it and honor God in it. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Julie. And the other thing is that we think happiness is a short-term emotion. Mm -hmm. At least I do. I'm happy for the moment and I'm not happy later. And our faith doesn't put the strength of it in that word right it puts it in a contentment a trust a dependence on the god we serve and to me that's that's much more than happiness because the bible also tells us we're not going to have everything's not always going to go our way for sure we're not going to have perfect days we're not going to have the lack of hurt or heartache or pain or disappointment, that's part of life. Mm -hmm. But what our faith does say is we will learn to be okay in all of them. For sure. There's a a picture of abiding that brings lasting contentment in all circumstances, whether they're hard things or quote-unquote happy things. I do think when you find contentment in your faith, then it's easier to find your balance in everything else, in all of the other areas of our life, Mm -hmm. um, are affected by that because we have hope no matter what. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, there's episode 144. Julie, do you remember the title of that one? I do not remember the title, but (laughs) if you're sitting here thinking, these people talk about Jesus and I don't really know anything about him. I would highly recommend that episode. Or if you are just sitting in a little bit of shame because you're, I know I'm not pursuing God as much as I used to, or I maybe should, or I, you know, have the tools for, or whatever it might be. God is never mad at you when you are distant from him. He doesn't change. He's always beckoning you back. And if this is for you for the first time, he might be calling you. I do highly recommend you go listen to episode 144. I think it's called How to Grow in Your Faith, something like that. But um, that might be a great listen for you to kind of think more about this, especially because we do believe it is the key to really having true contentment, happiness, and joy in all the areas of your life. And if you go to gritandgracelife.com, you will find an article series of three different ones that may be where you are in life. It could be beginning faith, battered faith, building faith. You may find yourself in one of those places and they will speak to you. So we're going to leave you with a verse that I think kind of sums up all of these things that we deal with in life to be happy or neglect the, the needs of others. It's Psalm 37, 4. 
delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So as we head into the busiest time of the year, or if you happen to be listening to this on a random Tuesday in March, we know that it can feel daunting to find true balance between pursuing happiness or joy and contentment and serving and loving and being there for the people that you love and the other responsibilities that demand your time and energy. So we hope that you will walk away from this knowing that it's important in your relationships to really fight for healthy compromise where everyone is giving some and everyone is taking some. And also to be encouraged that you are mom enough and that for the moms out there who struggle on the regular to find the balance between doing every single little thing your kid may want and really being able to discern what their actual needs are. And if you're a working woman, a reminder that it's good to give yourself to your job or to your career, but be sure to save some energy and time for the other areas of your life, like relationships and faith and health. And last, and maybe even foundationally, remember that faith in a good God is the truest form of happiness we could ever experience in this grit and grace life. Be sure to join us next week on episode 167. We'll be bringing you Lila Shell, who will help us understand how to handle the messiness of motherhood. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.